Hey all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host today. And today we're just going to do a quick talk about sous vide, barbecue. We're going to talk about just the basics, what meat works best, all the different equipment, everything else. So we're going to delve a little bit deep into that. So I'll be right back. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from fire and water. All right, everybody, I'm back. And like I said, today is just going to be me talking, answering some questions that come up a lot on the uh, Fire and Water Cooking Facebook group and things I get from YouTube and my Facebook page as well. So I'm just going to kind of go over some stuff that comes up a lot, questions that get asked, just so we can touch base. I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, podcast last week with Greg Mervich from Ballistic Barbecue. I think that was a great first guest. also want to announce that I just got confirmed that uh, Meathead Goldwyn from Amazing Ribs and Clint Catwell, his uh, cook, and he does a lot of articles over there as well, and he's the one that's kind of into the sous vide and barbecue. They've agreed to be on next month as well, so that's going to be uh, coming up another couple of good, really good guests. I just want to start by talking about some of the basic things that work best for sous vide and barbecue. Um, <clears throat> since that's a lot of what we do over on the fire and water cooking, um, I'm gonna, I want to kind of just hit on a lot of the topics today and get this out there. So one of the first things uh, people ask is what meats work best? Because a lot of times people think that, you know, they've heard that sous vide is really good for steak. So they get that caught in their mind that it's only good for steak or chicken breast or pork chops you know they don't really think um, of sous vide really for using it with a brisket or, or pulled pork or you know whole chickens or anything like that they just don't think or have never really seen it too well but <clears throat> I can tell you um, and I have plenty of videos about using it with the barbecue meats that it works well for just about any meat you can cook on the grill smoker in your oven on the on your uh, stove so it, pretty much you can use sous vide for anything. I've done, you know, 18 pound briskets. I've done, you know, 20, 30 pounds of pork butt. I've done whole chickens. I've done spatchcock chickens. I've done parts of chickens. Um, you know, I've done a lot of top round, uh, eye around, bottom round roast, uh, boneless beef ribs. I've done bone-in beef ribs. I've done pork ribs. I've done pork belly. You can pretty much anything you can cook on a grill, smoker, or in your oven or on the stove, you can use sous vide with. Um, and they all work really well with it. So there is pretty much recipes out there for for just about anything you can find. And like I said before, you can always check out AmazingRibs.com. Check out their sous vide Q um, section. They've got some recipes. But also Anova. Their website, they have barbecue and sous vide recipes. Serious Eats has a bunch. Amazing Food Made Easy. You can check out my uh, YouTube channel, and you'll be surprised how many just on YouTube, besides my channel, have um, sous vide and barbecue uh, cooks on there. So just do an internet search for sous vide and barbecue, and you'll find a bunch. So, so to answer that question, pretty much all kind of meat works for sous vide and barbecue. Another question that comes 
up a lot, and, and I get this in the Facebook group all the time. People ask time and temps. Well, you know, to me, the Facebook group um, is not the best place to find time and temps on certain meets because you're going to get all kinds of opinions thrown at you all at once, and not all of them are going to be the same. Uh, with sous vide, and especially using it with barbecue, there's a big range between the time and the temperature and what people have a personal preference for. you got your doneness, your tenderness. Everybody has a different, you know, personal taste on what they, they, they want to achieve with it. So you'll have one guy who likes his, um, you know, barbecued uh, brisket on the medium side. So he does 140 for, you know, uh, 48 to 55 hours. And you'll have a guy that wants it more traditional that'll do 160 for 36 hours. So you just got to kind of be careful and kind of understand what you're looking for going in. That's why I always tell people, instead of just posting it up in a Facebook group and getting multiple answers to your one question, check out, there's all kinds of online guides. There's apps on your phone that have recipes and times and temps for different meats. I check out Amazing Food Made Easy. Dot com is a great website. Serious Eats has a bunch of different recipes, times and temps. The Anova app and the Jewel app have great times and temps on their uh, apps itself, and also on their websites. The Chef Steps website. There's a lot of research, There's a lot of information out there as far as time temps go. And uh, like I said, one of the guides I like to use a lot is the one from Amazing Food Made Easy because. He has ranges of times and temps based on how you want your doneness and tenderness. So it's just like anything. It's all going to boil down to what your personal taste is. So you can't just go by what one person says on that. So there's just do a Google search for, you know, sous vide times and temps and lock into some, try different ones, and um, then go down the road. Throwing it up into a Facebook group or on a forum where you get you know, hundreds of answers, all different on certain things, may not be the best way to get it. So another question that comes up a lot is what kind of grill or smoker is best to use with sous vide and barbecue? And my answer to that is always anyone that you already have or anyone that you're particularly looking for. I have myself, I have a pellet grill. I have two Kamado uh, charcoal ceramic grills. I have a flat top griddle. I've got a pit barrel smoker. Um, in the past, I've owned electric smokers. I've offset uh, smokers, uh, Weber kettles. <clears throat> so any one of those will work um, just fine. You know, smoking, grilling, uh, doing the low and slow, or you know, just uh, working it with the uh, sous vide. So I've always tell people to just. On your own skill level, kind of act, you know, trying to think about what you're wanting to do with it, <clears throat> how much you're willing to learn, wanting to learn how to how to use it. Um, if you want something that's really easy and convenient, a pellet grill might be the best way for you. If you want something that's more versatile, that you're more willing to do, learn more, and maybe buy some more. Uh, Accessories for, you know, a Weber kettle or a Kamado grill might be better for you. So, and again, asking a question like that in a, you know, Facebook group or a forum might not be the best way because 
<clears throat> everybody has their own personal preferences as far as grill goes. You go into a pellet grill forum, ask what's the best pellet grill. You'll get everybody who has a certain you know brand of pellet grill is going to tell you theirs is the best. So <laughs> um, the best way to do it is just kind of figure out yourself what you're wanting to use it for, what you're willing to uh, do as far as learning and um, especially budget and everything else and go from there. Um, but uh, like I said, you can use pretty much any type of grill, smoker, flat top griddle, anything you want um, using, you know, for the sous vide and barbecue. So another question that gets asked a lot is what is the best sous vide circulator to use with uh, sous vide and barbecue? And the only answer I have to that is you, you at least want at least 900 watts of power mostly because you know preferably a thousand or twelve hundred watts mostly because you want with barbecue meats like brisket and pork butt um, <clears throat> short ribs stuff like that you, you they're bigger pieces of meat and you're going to want to use a bigger container with more water capacity and for that you need the higher wattage um, type units that have you know a thousand plus watts of power <clears throat> so I also don't suggest if you're going to be using sous vide with barbecue using a um, like a sous vide supreme or a bath type of sous vide oven where it's uh, restricted in the size that it is. It can only fit you know certain things into it. I always suggest you get a circulator stick that can be used in multiple different size containers just for the fact that if today you're doing a brisket and tomorrow you're doing a chicken, um, you're going to be using different size uh, containers. Uh, so you want to be able to move that um, uh, sous vide circulator around. So you can do that with most of the uh, circulators that are out there. That's another thing too. You want to make sure as far as the container you're using that it's going to fit the food that you're wanting to cook. So I have multiple size containers. I have a smaller 12-quart um, plastic container for steaks, chicken breasts, smaller things like that. I have a medium-sized plastic container for, you know, uh, maybe whole chickens, um, big packs of, um, you know, roasts, uh, you know, like a prime rib or something. And then I have a sous vide cooler, which I take took a uh, Coleman Stacker drink cooler, which has a removable lid, cut a hole in it. And that's what I use for my briskets, pork butts, large uh, whole bone uh, beef ribs, pork ribs, stuff like that, where, I, you know, it's a big, huge piece of meat, and you need a big container for it. So the coolers work really good for that because they're insulated, they hold enough water, and that's where you really want to make sure you have the right circulator. You want a, you know, a 1,000 to 1,200 watt circulator to be able to heat the water, to the proper temperature for that amount of water and that size of meat. So, so yeah, ch check out different size containers. So don't just get sold on one container um, for sous vide and barbecue because it turns out you're wanting to cook for, you know, a whole pack of brisket or a couple big pork butts and all you have is a 12-quart, you know, con plastic container. It's not going to work out well. So um, you can actually use a used cooler. You can buy a you know used cooler at a garage sale or something like that. 
Cut a hole in the lid so you can get your circulator in there. Those work just great. Um, especially. So you don't have to spend a lot of money. I think I spent 25 bucks on my Coleman Stacker brand new. And I used a uh, hole saw you know, that you usually would use to cut holes in your door for a door handle. Um, that's a perfect size. Fits the circulator in there. Alright, so after we talked about that. Another thing that comes up a lot, and people don't realize, you know, a lot of people will use a vacuum sealer for sous vide cooking. So, and they're used to doing that for steaks, chicken breasts, things like that. But when they try to do it for barbecue, they first realize that the bags that they have won't fit like a full pack of brisket or a full pork butt or slabs of uh, big beef ribs. They don't know what to use for those things are. So one of the things that I discovered early on is that um, Food Saver makes them and there's also some generic brands on Amazon and other places that are expandable pleated vacuum sealer bags out there that will actually get bigger. And they're made for doing whole chickens, turkeys, big uh, roasts, uh, prime ribs, pork butt briskets, things like that. They'll actually, they're pleated so that they actually expand out. Even though they're still only 11 inches wide, they'll they'll uh, expand and get uh, taller so you can fit that um, piece of meat into them. So check those out. You can check out, like I said, Fusaver has them. They usually go into their Game Saver brand, but they're expandable. They're either, you can just search for expandable vacuum bags and they'll pop up, but there's some generic ones out there. I use the generic ones; are a little cheaper. I think it's like 25 bucks for a 50-foot roll, um, which isn't bad. And you can usually get about you know 20 20 bags out of it or so, um, depending depending on how big a roast you use all the time. If you're doing full packer briskets all the time, it might not get as many, but um, they work really good. The only thing is, if you have a regular vacuum sealer like a food saver. Uh, I always suggest people either triple or quadruple seal them because since they are pleated, they're kind of thick and they do need to be sealed more. Um, use the moist seal function. I have a commercial sealer and Avid Armor, so actually I can adjust the seal time on it. So that actually works a lot better. But if you have just a regular food saver, I always tell people to make sure you triple or quadruple uh, seal them to make it to, so that the, you make sure the seal holds well so all right i think that's what we're gonna take a break now and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some other topics in a minute and first let's hear about inkbird hey all it's darren i want to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast inkbird products inkbird's been around since 2010 they make some good uh humidity controllers temp controllers thermometers they just released a new line of uh, barbecue thermometers. I actually have the IBT4XS model, which is a Bluetooth 4-probe barbecue thermometer. It has up to 150-foot range on the Bluetooth, has built-in uh, times and temps for different meats. Works really great. Check them out, Inkbird products. You can find them on my Amazon store on the link on my uh, website. Also, you can check them out on Facebook, Inkbird Barbecue. You can join their group. They have discount codes, giveaways all the time. But welcome, Inkbird Barbecue Products, to the Fire and Water Podcast. Check them out, guys. Thanks. 
All right, guys, welcome back. And now I think we're going to get into some more controversial or, uh, I don't know, more opinionated type uh, questions that come up a lot. And um, everybody has their own way of doing things. Everybody has personal preference. And it uh, comes big uh, to play into cooking any kind of way, barbecue, uh, regular, just cooking you know, normally. How you want your steak done, how you like your chicken done. Everybody has their own opinion on how they want their food cooked. It is no different. So one of the things that comes up a lot in all the sous vide groups and in my group is whether to season before or after you put the meat in the bag to cook sous vide. There's one big group on Facebook that's been around for a little while that um the guy that runs that is dead set against seasoning before you put any food in the bag. And if you've been on Facebook and any of the sous vide groups, you know who I'm talking about. Even though most of the recipes you find online, on the apps, from just about any cookbook that deals with sous vide, they will show you, they tell you to you know, season the meat before you put it in the sous vide bag, before you sous vide. So... It still comes up a lot, even though that uh, you can point to a lot of different evidence of why you should do it. There's all, always going to be people that say they shouldn't. Somebody's going to be trying to push their uh, way of cooking on somebody else. The reason I like to sous vide or season before sous vide is because, just like any other cooking method, when you season your season, even though... Um, you're just mostly seasoning the surface of the meat because really the only thing that does penetrate is salt, and that's a true story. Uh, you're seasoning the outside of your meat with the rest of the seasonings, your garlic powder, your rosemary, your thyme, what have you, onion powder. It doesn't go deep into the meat like salt does, but you're uniformly seasoning that surface. So when you do take it out of the bag, that your purge, if you want to use it for gravy, it's seasoned already, but so is your surface. It may some of the seasoning may have come off, but it also a lot of it has stayed on this on the surface. So what I normally do is I will season before I put it in the bag. When I take it out of the bag, I'll put a little bit more seasoning back on, not a ton, because it still is seasoned. But I find that provides me a better product. The salt does have a chance to penetrate deep into the meat while it is sous vide cooking. I can point to articles uh, about how brine um, actually penetrates meat and protein deeper and better and faster when it's uh, cooked at a lower temperature. So to me, that tells me that brines are actually, you know, the salt is actually getting deep into the meat faster during the sous vide cook. And, like I said, you're still getting a uniformly seasoned surface that's liquefying and covering the entire surface in a uniform manner. So, people can argue all they want that, you know, the other seasonings don't penetrate. I don't season with other seasonings thinking that it's going to penetrate deep into the meat. <clears throat> Hardly anybody does. You don't season before frying that way. You don't season before baking that way. You know, thinking that you don't season before any other cooking method, thinking that it's going to go deep into the meat. Most people understand, unless you're injecting seasonings into the meat with an injector, it's not going to go 
past the surface much, unless it's salt. So, I personally season before sous vide. If you prefer the season after, that's up to you. That's your prerogative. All I ever tell anybody, especially in my Facebook group, is don't try to push your idea on other people. Um, that's one thing I don't understand is how people will actually fight you and tell you you're doing something wrong when they don't have any proof that what they're doing is actually right. <laughs> it's personal preference. You do what you want and have fun with it. It's cooking. It's food. Eat it. Enjoy it. Don't make a big uh, you know, issue out of you know, everybody trying to you know, make everybody try to cook the way you like to cook. So the same thing comes up when you talk about whether you, if you should smoke your meat first before sous vide or after sous vide. I tend to put a lot of credence in some science that's been done and some studies on how smoke works with meat to um, come up with my philosophy on how I like to cook. I like to smoke after the sous vide cook. And the primary reason I do that is, A, the um, the seasoning, if you season, if you smoke it beforehand, smoke is like a seasoning, just like we were talking about with uh, seasoning your meat. Smoke, if you smoke it beforehand, sticks to the surface of your meat. When you put it in the sous vide bag, uh, it's going to render fat juices are going to uh, be expelled from the meat and it's going to create a purge in the bag that's going to cover the entire meat and it's going to wash a lot of that smoke and bark off that you develop during the smoking time so even though some of the smoke will stay on there most of your bark and a good portion of that smoke is going to be off so unless you're going to smoke it again afterwards, it doesn't make much sense because if you're just going to grill it um, or you know, sear it to finish it, you're not really getting any more smoke back to the meat. So just like seasoning, smoke doesn't penetrate deep into the meat. It's pretty much a surface um, seasoning, just like regular seasonings are. So <clears throat> you're not going to have especially if you're not going to have the opportunity to throw it back on the smoker again. There's no reason to smoke it beforehand because what you can do is you sous vide your meat. Let's just say a pork butt or a brisket. So you sous vide it to a certain temperature and time. Take it out of the bag or take it out of the sous vide container in the bag still. Chill it in an ice bath. And then you can either take it out and then smoke it directly then. Or what I usually do is I'll, I'll wait and I'll stick it in the refrigerator overnight to let it chill down all the way. And then in the morning I'll put it on the smoker, take it out of the bag, put a little bit more seasoning on it. And I'll put it on the smoker wet because, you know, cold wet meat takes smoke. It's not cold raw meat, it's cold wet meat. So if you put a cold wet brisket or pork butt that just came out of a sous vide bag, um, cold out of the refrigerator or out of an ice bath, it's going to pick up a lot more smoke and it's going to develop a lot better bark than if you sous vide it first, threw it in a wet bag, and then took it out and then tried to sear it. So you're, you're going to be able to get build a better bark and attract a lot more smoke. And another thing I also like to do is, just like you would on a normal uh, smoke, if you were just smoking it without sous vide, 
is spritz the meat you know, every half hour or so with apple juice or water or whatever you want to use because adding moisture back to the meat after it's dried off is going to attract more smoke to the meat. So that's the main reason I do it the way I do it. I use a lot of the science that you can find on AmazingRibs.com on how smoke and meat work together. And then you can put two and two together and do it the way I do it. Or if you prefer to smoke first, it's your prerogative. And I like it. Like I said before, all I ask is that people don't come into my group and try to force their, you know, preference on somebody else. Somebody asks me about that or I see a question on should I smoke first or should I smoke after sous vide. I have an article I post up there that explains it. They don't have to do it my way. I just show them why I do it my way and then let them make up their own mind. I always tell people try it both ways and then do it the way you like it. However it comes out you know, best for your taste, that's the way you should do it. Whether it's smoke first, season first, after, you know, either way. But, um, you know, I have certain reasons why I do it the way I do it and why I think it comes out better. All I ask other people to do is, you know, have an open mind. And if you want to do it your way, that's fine as well. So that's some of the controversy. <laughs> but like I said, the best way anyway is, is going to be able to chill that meat and put it on wet so it will attract more smoke and bark. So just like you would, you know, when you're putting on, just doing a barbecue cook for a pork butt without sous-viding it. You're going to put it on cold, you're going to put it on wet, and you're going to spritz it, and you're going to season it. So really, all you're doing different is sous-viding it first, then you're going to do the same thing. You're going to put it on cold, wet, seasoned, and you're going to spritz it every once in a while. It's going to turn out fabulous. So... So I think that's about all I want to talk about on uh, sous vide and barbecue today. But um, I know that there's going to be people that have other questions. I want to talk about other things. That's why I want you to go ahead and make sure you follow us on our Facebook group, which is sous vide, barbecue, cooking, fire and water cooking. You can just search for fire and water cooking. And both my Facebook page and Facebook group should come up. I also just started a new um, Facebook group for just barbecue, which is called All Kinds of Barbecue, which is kind of dedicated to um, all kinds of different cookers, different styles of barbecue, Texas, North Carolina, you know, Tennessee, Memphis, Kansas City, you know, any kind of barbecue out there um, we can talk about. So that's All Kinds of Barbecue Facebook group. Check out the uh, YouTube channel, Fire and Water Cooking YouTube channel. Got some great videos that are coming up. And um, also check out our Instagram. I post up pictures of uh, Instagram on cooks and stuff all the time. So just make sure you follow wherever Fire and Water Cooking is. Follow us. And thanks for joining me on this podcast. Like I said, I hope uh, you like and subscribe this to this podcast. And I will see you again. In a couple weeks, I have some other guests coming up here shortly. I got uh, Troy Smith from T-Roy Cook's YouTube channel. And he's going to be having a, a friend of his who just started um, producing a... Uh, it's a torch that he kind of started developing it to light grills, but it could also be used for searing for sous vide. Um, it's called the Grill Gun, and it looks pretty amazing. We're going to talk to the inventor of that, 
and down the a uh, couple more episodes down the road. We're going to have Meathead for Amazing Ribs. We're going to have Jason Logsdon from Amazing Food Made Easy and Exploring Sous Vide. They're going to talk about um, his websites and books and also his um, International Sous Vide Association. They're doing a, a Sous Vide Summit in July. We're going to talk about that. So a lot of good things coming up on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube all that. And I will talk to you again on the next podcast. Thanks for joining. I'll see you later.